Hi, I'm Dara, and welcome back to this week's episode of The State of Being. In this episode, we look into the youth-led project Me, You, Us, which was performed as part of the Connecting Communities Festival in July. But first, let's hear about you this week. This week, this week, all this week. My favourite dream that I've had was when... Ah! So, I had a dream that I went to my family home in Devon, but it was round the corner from Cornwall, right? So we were packing our bags to leave and we were, I was with my mum and my mum's best friend and we were packing our bags and I was like, oh, I left my, I left my charger in our house in Cornwall, even though we we're in Devon. So I was like, I'm just gonna run around the corner and get it. So I was walking through and then I came down to the road that I actually used to live on, like, yeah. but none of the houses were the same, but I knew it was my road. I, and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. I just know that it was 10 o'clock in the morning. So like, the sun was out, I walk into my house and my mum is there with her friend, even though she was just in the car with her other friend. They were just like having like a mother's meeting and I looked out the window and it was dark. And my mum turned to me with like the most serious face. She was like, Shirley's about to die. And I was like, who's Shirley? And I look out the window and it's Shirley from EastEnders. <laughs> I promise you, right? Um, and she was like, yeah, Shirley's about to die. And I was like, how? Shirley bends down to pick something up, hits her nose on a pipe, then stands up. She's like, broke my nose. She picked up two ice cubes, put one on either side of her nose, and then her nose explodes. <laughs> and then my mum just looked at me, she's like, told you. And I was like, okay. So then I leave the house start walking back down the road and there's my mum's friend's son standing there but his nose has also exploded but he had like two cotton buds taped to his nose <laughs> to keep it there but he was he was dead but he was like he was like Saskia and I was like no so I started walking around but obviously you can't run in dreams so I was like trying to run and then another one of his friends whose noses had exploded was running towards me I was like what is this my nose is going to explode, I'm going to die, and then I woke up. Oh. Okay, so I had this really weird dream one time, and it's like really short, but I was walking, and I was walking with one of my friends, and there was this like old man next to me, and I looked at his shoes, and I said something to my friend about his shoes, they were like, old man leather shoes, and um, then I just tripped over and turned into his shoe, and he lost his <laughs> shoe, and I was his shoe, and it's a really weird dream. I had this dream, it was like a three part dream and it's really weird because it continued like I had it one night then the next night but the third bit is like my favourite bit to be honest so there was this one man that came to my house but then a few of my friends were there and it, it, was, it wasn't my hallway or anything but when you open the door that was there it was what you see when you open my front door like what you see outside of my house but it wasn't my like hallway to inside my house anyways so then we had to light this match something to get rid of this man had the man with the devil man he was a devil man and he had and he had purple converse and that was literally the thing that i remember so much he had purple converse and we had to take his purple converse away and burn them so he wasn't a devil anymore so then he ran up the road and suddenly it was my primary school don't know how but then we chased him up the road suddenly didn't he have he didn't have any shoes anymore it was some wizard of oz something because he didn't have these shoes anymore um, and they were in a tree and then we had to fight to try and get them but the gene hasn't continued yet so I don't know what's happened yet so yeah that's it alright so I had a dream that I was on like this giant head or like a rock that was in the shape of a head and I was on this giant pirate ship that was filled with like trees and plants and I was with like me and I think I was a couple of my brothers and maybe a couple of my friends and we were like we were on like a journey 
on this massive floating rock that was in the shape of someone's head with a forest. Anyway, it's weird. Weird dream. Big, 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 big questions. Big, 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 big questions. Me, You, Us delves into some important topics about what it means to be a female, including female street harassment. Here are some of our young people talking about male perspective on female street harassment. Um, I think in my opinion, I feel women shouldn't have to uh, be scared of the way they dress. Like some, some, some women are comf- more comfortable in like, revealing more of their body, which is fine. And it's not an excuse, I'd say, for people to then use that and think, oh, okay, they're either asking for it or they're, do you know what I mean? They're mm. not like, it's not an excuse. And I think um, it's a shame that women have to feel that every time they go out. And it can ha- obviously happens to men, it happens to anyone really. Mm. Like there's always different risks. But I think that specific risk of like being harassed, like I don't know, on a night out or going home, coming home from work, or anywhere, it can happen anywhere, even in an Uber. Like you, it's like you're always on edge, and I think um, it's just good to be aware of like how people are getting home, or like if you're out with females, how they're getting home, and things like that. And I think like it then affects their whole night. They have to be obviously wary of how much fun they have or how much they drink and stuff like that. And then so it's all it's a big thing. Yeah, street harassment. That's a big, that's a big, a big, big word. It's, it's links to so much things. Because mm. then it's not even just that. It's like um, men can ask a lot of females to hold things because they're less likely to get searched by police. Mm. Yeah, so they can obviously um, I could go ask a female like, okay, can you hold this for me? Gun, knife, drugs, whatever it is, and um, they'll be like, either a threatening thing or they just do it because they're just scared. Or I could even so much as that. Oh, drop it out like a. Like hold this, I'll know what you've done, and then run off, and then they're just scared whatever I've left them with. That's another that's street harassment because they're. I think men know like they're going to be less likely to get searched, but get stopped by police. And obviously, when they do get caught, either they get blackmailed into lying to the police, threatened or whatever, and it goes on their record forever. Like I know people, like, I know quite quite a few people that's happened to get got kicked out of school holding knives for a boy or boys or whatever so I think there's it's not just the sexual aspect there's also the I don't know crime aspect if that makes sense as well mm-hmm. but yeah street harassment it's quite disgusting because men I mean obviously not all men do it but obviously a lot do and the ones that do they must not know what's going through a woman's or a girl's because you know it happens to younger people too it, they must not know what's going through their mind when they hear it because like women walking down the street are always like they tend to feel a lot more unsafe and part of that's due to lots of other reasons which again involve men but uh, catcalling certainly can't help and There'll be lots of men that are like, oh yeah, but if girls catcalled me, like I wouldn't mind, but that's not quite how it works. That's really not how it works because, like, the the men that are catcalling women are objectifying them. And um, men tend to 
not feel unsafe when walking down the street and there's women nearby whereas girls walking down the street and there's men nearby tend to feel a little bit more unsafe so it's just it's disgusting it's ignorant and they like i said they just don't think about what the the women's perspective on it is like men are I say, I say all men, but a lot of men, a lot of men, especially men that cackle, lack perspective, like, at all. Like, they look at things from one direction and that's it. They think, oh, yeah, I, I personally wouldn't mind. Yeah, but you're not a woman. You don't, you can't have an opinion on something like this. And it's... Obviously, because there's some men that'll be like, oh yeah, I don't catcall, I'll just sort of say something or make a noise or whistle or whatever. That's, it all comes under the same umbrella. It's, it's the same thing. And you might think, oh yeah, but some men say much more disgusting stuff than me, but it's having the same impact. And a lot of people don't realise that. Um, obviously, like... It's a very negative thing, and obviously it's been in the news quite a lot at the moment. I think there's this tendency among men to feel like they have to almost defend other men sometimes in a way that, like, in a way that kind of makes street, like, that kind of idea of street harassment kind of like a debate that, that it kind of turns into men versus women in a way that I definitely don't think it should be. And I think... Yeah, definitely, it's it's kind of a taboo topic, and I think the more that it comes out into the open, and more women feel like they're able to speak about their experiences and and condemn, you know, these kind of perpetrators. Um, yeah, the better things will be, I guess. I think, I think it's a really hard topic because often it goes very much under the radar, and the people who would do it often don't think that it's a problem what they're doing they'll I mean I've heard guys sometimes say that surely it's a compliment when you catcall someone and I think that's just that's just really not good because I think what people don't understand often is that there's a lot of almost almost power at play which um it makes it a lot more like unkind and not nice i think also it's really hard because often you feel like myself as a male i've got no right to talk about it because i don't know anything and i don't know anything about it because i mm. haven't ever experienced that and that makes it very hard for me to talk about it um but I remember I was talking to some of my friends and I was really shocked because there were some girls and they were saying that they almost expect to at some point in their life be harassed in some way mm. and that shocked me because I I knew that there was harassment that did happen place, but I thought surely that's something that's generally stopped now and that was really eye-opening to hear them say that they'd expect it to happen at some point and I think that made me really realise that often things like sexism, racism, where there's a lot of power at play, often do just go under the radar. What do you think could be done 
by society to make sure street harassment doesn't happen. More cameras, so like obviously cameras are always going to help, like mm. on streets or like on back alleys and stuff like that. I'd say there's area watches, like people actually mm. doing stuff, like forming together and making like a change, so stopping things happening like that. Or I'd say even when at the clubs, it's either security checking checking how people get home, mm. you know, making sure they're good. And then it comes with again with like in taxis or Ubers. I'd say cameras in taxis and Ubers as well, just to see so everyone, so people feel safe. And so I think bar staff as well being extra aware of that. I think more people around watching what's going on, mm. I think could definitely help help that and help women feel more safe, I guess. Yeah. It's not nice, you know, having to, you have to cover up because you're scared someone's going to go, oh, well, I love the mm. well, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's not fair, because I think men don't have to really feel that, as in, oh, we have to worry how we dress because we're going to get, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> great to yeah. I mean, it can happen, but it's obviously statistically, it is more common in it happening mm. to women than it yeah. is to men, which is not as fact. I think there's this big kind of push that, for like the cure, the solution to female sexual assault um, to be just putting like bigger prison sentences, bigger punishments for sexual abusers. And I don't know if that's necessarily like the best answer just because I feel like it's very like, you know, it doesn't target things at their cause. It, I feel like what actually needs changing is the culture and the way in which we kind of bring up our men and the way in which we excuse our men for a lot of things that they do. Um, and also just the general culture of kind of entitlement, I suppose, that exists among men, that, that they feel not only entitled to women's bodies, but just like entitled to speak and entitled to have their ideas heard and entitled to get opportunities in a way that that entitlement can often lead to the idea that oh I can also be entitled to a woman's body because I have that entitlement to these things so I think that's something that definitely needs tackling. It's very important to educate people how it's that's not okay you know mm. I think it's very important to educate you know, sons and daughters, but like just to educate them from young that this isn't okay just because someone's dressed a certain way. Some people can feel empowered, some people feel like they feel more comfortable, just like that's fine. And it doesn't mean that's, so I think, yeah, I think it's more important to educate, but for things to happen quicker, I think it would be probably top down, like laws, duh, duh, yeah. duh, and then just like, yeah, I think that would yeah. be quicker. That would be a quicker response. But then if the, while that's happening, the education, educate needs to start. Mm -hmm. I think definitely, like cheating. Next, we hear from Poppy and Kieran, who youth led Me, You, Us, and how the creative process of the project works. I'll start. Well, Charlotte mentioned to me how we'd never done female project to Chicken Shed before and why that had never been done and I think we just thought it was such a perfect time because we have so much freedom with the Connecting Communities project. We thought that we'd use that space to like kind of test the waters out. Okay, do you feel the pressure of like facilitating or delivering? In like, terms of like 
delivering the session yeah. there's not pressure I think more in like actually um, the end product product mm. like because we have quite a lot of responsibility in like getting that done I think there can be pressure there but like nothing I think that's normal mm. yeah. I think everyone like all the adults feel like that I can see them like stressing about like whatever the end product is so yeah but it's been fine like leading it and planning the sessions Mm. yeah yeah I think I agree with Poppy I think as well as what we need to think about is like when we're delivering something or when we're planning a session it's not crazy like it's not out of the blue of like a topic or something that Mm -hmm. you know we need to know that everyone's comfortable with something that that we're going to do that was a big thing at the beginning based on that then find the topics that you, you want well the group wants to speak about perform we kind of like started with some topics and then the ones they kind of really like had a lot to say on we kind of followed that route like a lot of like the street harassment um topics just because people did feel passionately towards it but also not even in like terms of topics in terms of like do people want to do like songwriting and stuff like Mm -hmm. we follow their talents and stuff yes definitely what we did is um, really cool, actually. We had, like, a... What do you want to do at the start of, you know? So, like, when we first started on Zoom, we asked them, what do you think you want to, want to get out of this yeah. show? Mm-hmm. What, what are the things that you want to be pushed at? What other things do you find challenging and you want to do more of? Then we, we asked them again when we got back into the building. Yeah. So it feels like everyone's show. Lovely. What topics have you covered? Um, so we've done street harassment, we've done feminism, um, we've touched on like image, like we've done like pretty hurts, like, mm-hmm. yeah, so like how you see yourself, but also like more of like the empowerment stuff. Yeah, also like the education side of it. And also like um, sport at yeah. school as well. The like division. Has there been any topic that you've... Uh, spoken about that's been quite challenging yeah. to, to talk about yeah there was that one um, it was when remember the murder of that oh, Sarah Sarah Evans mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was the week of that like we spoke about it in that zoom and there was like a younger girl she found it hard as well but all, like by the end you could just tell everyone was just like it was hard it, it, it was, was deep quite, it, it was, was deep. very like, like it um, was needed but it was quite yeah. yeah it was just I think everyone just felt really like it made everyone feel closer because yeah. everyone was like connecting with each other with that vulnerability that you know everyone felt um but I think they were just, like everyone was just a bit scared as well yeah like a, it, a lot of the younger girls were like oh I didn't even think that would like you had to think about like going on the bus train at night on your own and mm. it just made them scared and then other people were sharing like their stories of like kind of like street harassment and then like for the younger people that like, they're not that young they're like 13 14 but that I think they were like whoa like we didn't yeah, know that triggered. happened yeah, yeah. Mm. so that was quite hard but I think we did need a conversation like that so yeah what do you hope people would take away from it whether it's the pe- the girls in your group or the people watching the event i would say it's not the end like we're still 
we've come so close, but we've, we've still got a lot to do, and it's not spoken about a lot. Um, and there's, like, not every story is the same. So, like, oh, yeah, you'll have something, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, but because it's got the same headline or if it's the same situation, it's going to be the same. It's probably not going to be the same, but no one knows that. So people need to know that every single every single story is going to be different. I think also, like, I want the people in it to, like, know that it's part of something much bigger. Like, I don't think our project will just finish and then yeah. that's it. Like, I think this is just, it's like, just the start of it. cookie. And I think it will get much bigger and I think they should feel, like, proud of that, that they were, like, at the beginning um, and, like, inspired quite a lot of it. Yeah, because I don't think it... It won't. Like, it, we've, we've got, got so, so much, much more. to talk about. Like, the amount we had to, like, cut down because we were like, okay, we've literally got about... Just weeks. random things. We it was yeah. just like, but there's so many ways we can go off, like yeah. different, and like so many connections we can make, like yeah. outside of it. So yeah. Cool. What have you most enjoyed about it, about the project? I think like being part of the group. Yeah, the girls. Yeah, the girls. it was the such girls. a nice group, and I don't know. I've never really got that close. I felt that close yeah. to a group. Yeah, me and Poppy have never worked together, so that was the first time we probably, yeah. actually probably worked together. Yeah, it's just a nice group. And just be girls. Yeah. Honestly. Like, it's, it's so also, funny. <laughs> we're like, yeah. we're not feeling it today. Let's not do a warm up. The girls go, yeah, yeah. same. Honestly, we're not every, feeling We're not feeling yeah. <laughs> um, But it's always been nice, like, we haven't had any adults. Like, yeah. In a way, it's kind of been like, oh, sometimes we just want people to do it for us. <laughs> but um, I don't know, we've just had like our own freedom. Yeah. yeah. How would you describe each other in terms of... Deliv- Maybe that's the wrong thing to say. Delivery. Yeah. Like us two you- working together. Like what's Probably. one good thing about each other? Yeah, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Poppy's very, very intellectual. So she's got that like the calm side of her, um, whereas I think we are very yin and yang, which is really nice. So we're not too crazy when we're both there in the room. It's like the le- the right level. Do you get what I mean? You're very like calm and like everything's under control. Maybe inside you're feeling like yeah. it's not. Thank you for that, <laughs> um, Kieran. You're very on it, like. I'll be like, oh, have you planned this? She'll be like, yeah, I've got it all planned. I've written this. I've got a running order. Like, you just have it all down, like, quite secretly as well. I do. I think of the word pressure when I'm saying this. See, yeah, that, Kieran does do that. I don't... Well, you, so, Poppy, you don't... You switch off Poppy from it. Like, I have to then, sit down and think about it. I can't think about yeah. it, like... I'll... Yeah, I... If I see something, I'll think about it. Or, like, yeah. if I know something that's happening. So, like, if I have something planned for the week... I'll be like, okay, I need to do this, 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 and this. Oh, what have you discovered about yourself through doing this? Well, I already knew that I was very passionate towards it. But just hearing, like, other girls' stories and, like, what they say just makes it, like, even more worth doing because you're like, oh, like, yeah, it's not just me that this happens to you or this. Like, I don't just think about this and get angry about it. It's other people, and that's why we should do it. And there's literally about... There's under 15 of us in there, so I imagine 
if we how many women we spoke to like everyone will have something to say i've learned that i can actually deliver like i was before before everything i was like i don't know if i can do it by myself like with obviously poppy and mayor and stuff like you know actually getting a show together with everyone but that's really like i kind of i didn't believe in myself then but now i'm like oh we actually we can actually do this like we were stressing before like oh we don't have enough material and stuff but thinking about it it's like we've actually got a good amount of material and we've we did that all of us together we did it we did it yeah brilliant thanks thank you thank you for this project maya wrote a scene that had a prominent impact on the audience here she goes into a bit more depth about it the scene i wrote for me you us is based on school culture specifically the conversations that happen in the changing rooms. The topic that was spoken about in the scene was portraying differing opinions and attitudes on harassment and sexual assault within school. I wrote one half based on the perspective from teenage girls and the other half from teenage boys. Both scenes interlinked through the same story told from two sides, the victim of harassment in the girls' changing room and the perpetrator of harassment in the boys' changing room. As a cast, we knew that sexual assault was important to talk about in order to begin a show focusing on women. We were having discussions and we found many similarities in our experiences, so we decided to build on that through a workshop. The workshop was improvisational. We started off with the topic and decided that the setting would be the girls' changing room after PE. We began free-flowing conversations and it grew from there. We thought it would be interesting to reenact it as boys to see the shift in attitude. It was an interesting approach to have girls embody boys' behaviour and mannerisms and show a completely different side to the same story. My inspiration stemmed from this workshop, engaging in other conversations and my own experiences of school and lad culture. My intentions of the script were to engage, to educate, to reflect and to question. I wanted the audience to see the differences in how young girls view sexual assault versus how young boys treat it. I wanted the audience to be able to identify similarities and to reflect on their own experiences. Initially, as an audience member, you're going to find the joke within seeing girls act as boys, but then realise it's not a joke at all. It's the reality for many young people at school. One piece of advice I would give for writing a successful piece of script or scene would be to remain honest and authentic. In my opinion, the best pieces of writing come from genuine thoughts, feelings and experiences. Don't be afraid to be open. Good theatre and writing comes from the heart. And finally, for our creative interlude, we leave you with an insight into a rehearsal with the cast and discussions that informed their piece. Yeah, so, so like wondering what age you guys were when you started to notice differences between how uh, you were treated compared to guys and also the opportunities you were given and any examples I don't think it was until secondary school but even in yeah. like year seven I don't think I was too aware maybe like year nine I was like when that boys started like making comments I was like well that isn't right and then I look back and I'm like well why couldn't I play football in like why was there no girls teams in primary mm. like for any sport like even like netball there was no teams um, but I think it helped that I had a, um, that my mum was quite, like, strongly feminist. So I think that opened my eyes a lot sooner than maybe other people would have got. Mm. Mm. I remember, like, 
adamantly telling my mum that sexism didn't exist when I was like eight years old because um, she was very into feminism she yeah. was like trying to educate me about it I was like mother or like mummy um, I was like no I just don't believe you like I'm absolutely just as capable as anyone else here and then you kind of get yeah I definitely say it's sort of secondary like year nine when everyone's sort of like becoming a bit more mature and things that you start to notice differences. A- anyone else? I kind of, I don't remember there being like one age. I kind of was always aware of it. Like from quite a young age, I was like, I think I didn't like primary school anyway. I never really had like that good of a time. But I think one of the main things that I noticed was like the differences in the ways that um, the boys were treated by teachers. Mm. Just like very, very small things. Like I couldn't give any examples. I just could feel the like, there was a different like atmosphere on how they were being treated, mm. and it, yeah, it got worse in secondary school. Mm. Well, it's also that thing like in like, primary, it's like oh, when boys misbehave, that's just like boys being boys, and like they're being rowdy. Whereas if a girl did that, it would be like, what are you doing? Like you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm so yeah, outrageously confident. But also because I have a brother, maybe that helps me notice it. Just the way that like he wouldn't. Like my parents wouldn't worry as much that he went out late than I would like than they would about me. Mm. So there was like a bit of a difference there, I guess. I would say I think especially in secondary school with like teachers in a way, because you'd have like the P teachers which would be mostly men and you'd have like that one girl and then you have like the English teachers which are like mostly women. Mm. Um and on that topic of like PE you'd have like the girls just doing like swimming doing like netball and then you have the boys doing like shot put and all that other stuff which is like a big difference you know mm. which is really interesting mm. it seems to really come out in sport mm. yeah like that's pretty crazy and then I was listening I was listening to the radio yesterday and the, the person who has had the most um, like captain seats of any team ever is the women's um, I like a female footballer, I don't actually remember her name, but like out of any football players ever, and I was like, come on, come on, representation, it's fabulous. So I was looking up on Wikipedia, and Wikipedia says that to be female is to be nurturing, sensitive, sweet, supportive, gentle, warm, passive, cooperative, expressive, modest, affectionate, tender, emotional, kind, Helpful, devoted, and understanding. But it's, I mean, there's definitely a trend going on, isn't there? It's very like, oh yes, submissive, um, passive. I mean, that was one of the words. Um, so, yeah. That's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's just like, basically the, de- the definition should be, in other words, oh, women are just there to please other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what that says to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, understanding of other people. You always like kind to someone else. Nurturing to other people. Like mm. it's never like whereas men it was probably like driven, like mm. ambitious, like that's for themselves. But all of that was just like for others. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think the whole concept of being girly is so messed up because it's that thing of existing for other people and it's like men get to exist just for themselves and they get to be completely self-serving and as a woman it's like you're expected to do everything for someone else first before you even think of yourself and it's also like yeah sometimes we all are girly sometimes men are girly if those are the things that make you girly like I think 
everyone has a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I think humans are by nature hypocritical and I think it's just like unhelpful to box us in to these random, like completely arbitrary yeah. like descriptors mm. that don't help now anyone. I'm thinking about it, like, why was there like such thing as like tomboy or girly guy? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not weird. Like, so long. No, like nothing yeah. about oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, no, I haven't heard yeah. of the phrase like, girly or tomboy. Boys didn't have That's any true. version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Such a they weren't like, like, like soft in your yeah. like, more. It's like if you don't fit exactly into what a girl yeah. is supposed to be, you get to be like this weird tomboy, yeah. like in between thing. It's yeah, like, like you're not the typical. What like, even is that? Yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> really like even now, it's like babies that grow up. So I've got two babies, like toddlers in my um, family. And so what my auntie does is we've got a girl and a boy. So sometimes the boy will dress up wearing his sister's clothes and she'll go, my auntie go, you're such a princess you know, to, to um, her daughter. And then Harry will go up to her and go, me? And he'll go, you're such a beautiful princess too. I think before they wouldn't have said something like that to yeah. their children. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, we've evolved, but not as we thought, you know, but we're still growing. It's just pushing, you know, even more. A thing I know, so like my brother's got autism. So a really easy thing to teach is like gender norms are like oh these are things that girls do and these are things boys do and it's just a really easy thing to learn mm. but like not easy to unlearn mm. Yeah. Mm. so like even though he's much older now like those things are still like ingrained in him because they were so they're just so easily taught mm. and so common well mm. even me like when you said do you consider yourself girly i just thought pink like oh do i like pink let me go over yeah there. But that, that's like such like a. Yeah, like, I was thinking that as well. Yeah. Like girly, like for me, the girl, like definition of girly is back when I thought what being girly was being like sensitive and yeah. like obsessive like, pink. Yeah, literally. Like a fairy, but it's. it's yeah. yeah. I don't know what it means anymore. Yeah. When I changed my favourite colour, I was like, maybe I'm not girly anymore. <laughs> I was like, I like red now. It's <laughs> 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 so strange. Yeah. It's so weird. Oh, I think it's also interesting because, yeah, like, really, we are all really very much aware that these are quite, like, outdated concepts. I mean, all of us are right now here, like, undermining them and being like, you know, we're so much more than mm. that. But I think it's also interesting to consider that we've now got this trope of, like, um, oh, the strong woman. Like, women can do everything. And I think that that is brilliant because I think we are. But... I don't know, there's definitely a kind of toxicity with having to necessarily live up to that expectation. And I think I've, I've read stuff as well about being like, oh, the, the strong black woman, like you are, because, you know, in society perhaps you are, you suffer the most discrimination at that level, like, um, you know, and so then you have to kind of make up for that by being really strong in character. I mean, what do you guys think of that? Like, do you think having to live up to this idea of being a strong woman is just as damaging or more damaging than accepting like this passive role or it's just like so unhelpful it's like oh my god look at women aren't they so strong it's like think about why Mm. like why like there's a reason why women especially women of color have to be so strong and going like oh my god they're amazing they're magic no they're humans they suffer as much as everyone else does and you like putting them up on a pedestal means that they're not getting the help that they need and you're just reinforcing the reasons why they have to be strong. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like, oh, if you want to be successful, you have to be this tough, like, 
like kind of emotionless woman like that's you kind of what sexy and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you have to be like a man at work but also be really really sexy yeah. and like not have any emotions or needs like why can't yeah. you just be like a soft person but still be like successful like why do you have to be like just kind of just tough like this tough exterior it just doesn't it's the same thing as like oh can you be a mum and have a successful career it's like they people say oh you need to sacrifice one for the other mm. but it's just like why can't you do both like they don't stop each other that links to like different cultures as well i think whereas being sexy and being successful whereas in different cultures if you're seen as being sexy you're like shame mm. You know, you shouldn't do that, you know. Anushka, you, <laughs> do you feel what I'm feeling? Yeah, <laughs> a little you. bit. You know, maybe even be when your mum grew up, you know, yeah, with the traditions. So it's like, still, we're, we've come so far, but we're still falling back on that. You know, what is it called? Like a safe, you know, it's safe. We don't want to be pushed sometimes, you know, especially with, like, not us, but, like, our family, you know, mums other people grands you know they've known with they've known their tradition so they would just want to grow that tradition but they don't understand that while we're growing we're changing as well so that's really interesting as well no i think it's um interesting as well like yeah bringing in other cultures and the ideals of femininity and there's also this sort of like this western idea of feminism that is quite kind of well very very whitewashed mm. and completely not intersectional at all um yeah, I don't know, and then that's also evolving. The thing is, it's, it's difficult to like put people and things into boxes, but then also you're right, like sometimes it's easy to just be like, okay, I'm just gonna tick this box. You know, actually I want to be successful, so let me just mm. do all those things. That this person, again, this person is telling me I should do. Fun fact, if you want a little fun fact. Um, up until the Black Death in 1348, like the, the Middle Ages one, uh, the idea of womanhood wasn't actually a thing. You were just known as a maiden, a wife, or a widow. So you weren't even a female. Mm. You were just a maiden, a wife, or a widow. So you go, to, go to the left of the room if you consider yourself a widow. Did <laughs> 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 that answer your question? Yeah, that's Are you a widow? <laughs> I'm single, that's all I am. <laughs>